Welcome to Eat This Scroll, a University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore, and it's been a while. It's been a while. Usually we do this about twice a week. We get together and discuss what we have been chewing on in God's word, biblical ideas and concepts, applications for life and for the church body and for this world. And uh, we just had Christmas and New Year's. So we had the last two weeks off, but we're back. And we're back with a bang because we are back with none other than Jarrell S. Carper, the man. Welcome, Jarrell. Born and raised. <sighs> East Coast. <laughs> um, Jarrell, you're one of the pastors here at UFC. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I always feel like there's more to say because there is you right now you're like actively engaged in overseeing men's ministry, but you kind of, you've got your hands in a lot of different pies. They call you the pie man. Yeah. P- big pie guy. Big pie guy. Apple, <laughs> pumpkin. I can't. F- any type of fruit. Yeah. Shoe fly pie is a Lancaster County. I like how you say that. Shoe fly pie. Lancaster. Not Lan- Lancaster. No, Lancaster. Yeah. Lancaster. I like it. You can't say it though. It sounds focused. <laughs> it's not appropriating your your culture. Um, so well, we're right because we're first. Anyways, uh, but, yeah. As you may have forgotten, because it's been uh, nearly te- two decades since you've been on the podcast. Yeah. Um, what have you been chewing on? Yeah. Well, a lot of things. Some Christmas cookies and whatnot. <laughs> but yeah. So I mean, kind of your introduction was a decent segue where. Um, the other pastors, I guess Brett's job is pretty broad, but mm-hmm. Lou and Sean have a pretty specific domain. Oh, and they both branch out, you know, Sean doing Bible Project. Lou kind of does a lot of stuff like yoga classes, <laughs> whatever he does. We don't know. <laughs> um, but a lot of the the hodgepodge stuff falls on my plate, administration, mm-hmm. anything kind of some outreach related stuff, small groups. So connections, community. So I'm one of the things I try to do is be really... Uh, aware of who's in our church try to know them try to build connections um i do think i'm an introvert and usually by the end of two services on sunday i am ready to not look at a human for yeah eight hours yeah so don't don't put this on the podcast <laughs> so one of the things i've noticed that it's like a very common um saying but it's the 80 20 rule yeah and the 80 20 rule goes like this 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Mm-hmm. That's in an, an organization, a team, a nonprofit, whatever. It's, there's this goals. This is what we're trying to do. Socially, even, you know, maybe just in your neighborhood. Like we have a neighborhood organization. There's like a few people that lead it, a few people that care, and most people just don't. <laughs> yeah. But we do 80% of the work, the 20% that care. Um, I like so, that you said we. Yeah, we. Yeah. Well, I am on the inside. You people. I'm on the inside. <laughs> You gotta know what's going on in Lindley Lane. <laughs> um, we spy on Brett's house, which is right down the street. That's so, yeah. yeah. Anyways, so in the church that that happens, and so one of the things that I see happening in church leadership is where so you and I are full time. Like we right. show up here Monday through Thursday, we get paid to do this nine to five. We do evenings, mornings, Sunday morning. I mean, this is our full time job. So mm-hmm. like we're in the middle of. The no, we know we sit in the meeting and we talk about everything that's going on. We work with our coworkers. You know, there's not much that you and I don't know about this church. Right. Um, but if we didn't work here, it'd be hard to kind of know what's going on. I mean, you have to pay attention to particular announcements, be proactive, but there's a lot of insider um, information. So what can happen as in a church leadership situation is 
we sit around in our meeting and we get this really cool idea like, hey, as a church, we should do this. And typically church leaders aren't like, unless you're a very, very large church, you don't have paid positions underneath you to mm-hmm. accomplish what you're doing. So if it's whatever's done, that's done by someone that's paid by the church is typically just like the that point leader, like Sean with college ministry or Lou with worship or whatever, Aubrey with kids. But then not only do you have to like accomplish that with our hours, but we have to equip unpaid volunteers to help us. Right. Yeah. And so one of the dangers is that your vision can outstretch your volunteer base or your church. And so yeah. I have a really cool idea. I launched it. I'm like, guys, this is, look at what we're doing. Now I need a hundred of you to give me 10 hours for the next month, you know, and yeah. suddenly my vision flops because no one was on board. And so how do you launch that vision and direction is strategic and like requires skill. And this is why pastors go to leadership conferences because we don't know what, we don't know how to do this stuff. We're like, yeah. I just was taught how to read Ephesians, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no one taught me this kind of stuff. Yeah. So um, one of the things that I've noticed is that when as leaders, we have this vision and we need help. Um, we pull out our phones and we make this short list or we start texting people. And it, what I found is that it's almost always the same people. It's like yeah. that 20% we keep asking. And mm-hmm. these are the people that are already serving. They're already in a ministry. They're, they're already committed. They're already here so many hours a week. Then maybe there's two, three, four connection points of a small group, a class, a uh, ministry responsibility, whatever. Um, but these are the people that we keep going back to. So Why? <laughs> why do we do that chris <laughs> why do we do that um well it's easier yeah i mean i think one of the things is just that it's easier you know these people are reliable you don't have to twist arms sometimes there's a culture and then a counterculture and maybe a counter counterculture of Ooh, consumer so meta. you know consumerism in the church and just i just want to come on sunday or people are viewed as consumers and so uh, a famous saying that I love is that we we o- underestimate or overestimate what people know and underestimate what people are capable of doing. I have heard you say that before. Yeah, yeah. That's so a Craig McDonald. Classic. We think they know more than they do, and we think that they'll contribute less than they do than they could. Right, yeah. Yeah. right. So we set our expectations low. So that that would be yep. maybe one way. Yeah, yeah. And so I. Th- so I want to actually approach this from the position of the congregation member. Mm-hmm. I would, there'd be maybe another podcast for like, what do we do as leaders? But this isn't really a podcast for church leaders. Yeah. <laughs> <It's a> podcast <laughs> for church people. Um, but there is ways that I can create buy-in and, you know, multiply myself before I launch that vision and ways to, to compel people to join and how I build out teams and build team leaders, leaders of leaders, all that stuff. That's groundwork. But when it comes to, Hey, I'm just a, a person, my family moved to town or I've been going to this church loosely for a year or two and the pastors aren't texting me, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, yeah. my number is not in their phone. My email address isn't popping up first in there when they type in mm-hmm. Jarrell, there's other Jarrells in front of me. No, I'm just kidding. That never <laughs> happens for anyone <laughs> unless you spell my name wrong. <laughs> um, and so I, I, I came up with this cool alliteration, three, three C's Ooh. about how you could get some skin in the game in the mm-hmm. church. Like how could you be on that 20 or the, the 20% of the people that do 80% of the work. Mm-hmm. So hopefully now it's like 25% of the people do 75% of the work or whatever it is. However that would work out. Yeah. So I think that's part of the goal of like our church is to come together as a body and not just have the professionals do it and not just have the, the people that are all in and have been doing it for decades do it. 
Um, but how do we get more people to contribute to the mission of the church? So if you are one of those people, I have three things that you can do. Okay. Give them to me. The first is the first C is care. Mm. It's care. Here's a question is, do you like, do you believe and are you bought into God's mission in the world and the vision that's offered for the church? Like, and specifically the church that you go to, Mm -hmm. it's like the things that UFC is trying to do to partner with God on his mission. Do they excite you? Like, are you stoked about it? So there's been people rallying around these Ukrainian families. There's people that have no clue what's going on. There's people that have given dozens and dozens of hours in the last couple of weeks to try to like host these people driving around town, buying stuff. And there's a difference is like, do you, do I, I mean, I'm not saying you don't care, but like at some point you're like, I believe in what the church is doing in this arena, whether it's youth ministry or kids ministry, or somehow we, our outreach posture. And I think that we're willing to sacrifice and care for things that we are, are bought in on, Mm -hmm. you know, and we do it all the time. It's like, if we actually care about something, we're willing to sacrifice for it. We're willing to give our money, our time, our energy, but then there's some things that kind of fall outside of that, that thing. And so I think that if you back it up, like we can manage behavior, we can use guilt. But I, the first thing, it's like, do you really believe in and care about what the church is trying to accomplish? And I think if you really did, you you know you're on the team. Mm-hmm. You would kind of naturally want to step up to the bat and see how you could contribute. So, yeah, I don't know. Thoughts on that? Yeah, I I've got one guy in mind specifically who's who's talked to me numerous times for several weeks. Um, showed up out of, out of nowhere and started getting involved in kids ministry. And, you know, every single week we're finding ourselves visiting at some point in the foyer talking about kids ministry and, you know, he wants to serve more or whatever. And you can tell that his value system is pointed directly at that. He cares about this stuff. Right. Um, one question I wanted to ask you, just in case it's going through our listeners heads, should, is the Christian morally obligated to care about everything and or care about everything equally. Yeah, right. That's, um, I mean, I think at a macro level, yeah, I'm interested in all that God is doing. I think it's cool. Mm -hmm. I should, I want, like, I personally want to care and be interested and read and know what's going on. But at a practical level, I can't possibly contribute equally to my fullest extent to every potential ministry. And like, you see that image in the, the, that, play out in the body of Christ image of like the hand doesn't say to the foot. So Mm -hmm. clearly the hand is doing something the foot can't do and vice versa. And if they tried to do both or whatever, like that would kind of suck. Right. um, Yeah. I think, I think having a particular focus and I, that's where people that are really bought in, they need to figure out where to give their energy, how to say no. Cause Mm -hmm. a lot of those people say yes too much and then they burn out or they're, they become unreliable because they can't, manage it. So yeah, I think find out what you're naturally excited, most excited about in the church and give like prioritize your energy there. And if for some reason as leaders, we're like, Hey, we really need, none of you apparently care about kids ministry. So like yeah. some of you like, okay, well now, now I'm going to be a, a need based offering rather than like a desire based offering. Yeah. But um, yeah. So do you care about what's happening in the church and in God's mission? So care. And then uh, the second is connect. Um, and so, so when I get there are particular emails you get that are like 
no grace emails. Um, what situation was I in where I was, I had to go to this thing and I had to bring some documentation for it, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, they sent me one email. If I would have showed up and didn't read the email, didn't bring it, there's no grace. Go, go home, schedule no appointment, come back later. Yeah. You know, it's like, Oh, sorry. You didn't read the email. Like, um, and I think sometimes in the church, the way we interact with church communication is like optional. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I'll, I'll, I got the church email. I didn't read it. I, I don't really follow the social media. I don't really pay attention, pay attention to announcements. I don't browse the website to try, try to stay in touch yeah. of what's going on. It's like some somewhere along the line, there'll be grace and someone will kind of, you know, allow me to just kind of slip in <laughs> if I didn't yeah. do the thing. But if we switch our mindset where it's like, I'm actually going to be proactive in, in connecting and receiving the communication. Like what if I really wanted to know all that was going on. I listened to the announcements. I read every word of every email. I didn't delete it. Like I didn't get lost. It's like, mm-hmm. cause there's plenty of emails like your kid's school. They email you about how to do pickup and you need a special app, you know? Yeah. And if you don't have the app, sorry, your kid's going to be in here all overnight. <laughs> right. Um, and so you're showing up consistently on Sunday mornings. You're serving in at least a ministry. You, I would say you could pop into the office and just say hi to the staff. Mm-hmm. invite the staff over for dinner, grab a coffee with someone on staff, just like build the connections between you and the infrastructure of the church and especially the church leaders. And, um, you know, you and I work in this office and you know, the people that like, Oh, you can kind of hear the door open. You look around the corner, at least in my office, you're back here in the doldrums. Yeah. <laughs> but I can like lean two inches to the right and see who comes in the <laughs> the door. Mm-hmm. And it's rarely ever a surprise, right? <laughs> you know, and props yeah. to a lot of EBF people that, that make their presence known. And so, um, if you want to be part of the 20% of the people that do 80% of the work, part of the people that the church leaders are like, I need help accomplishing this mission. Who do I text? Who do I call? Who do I email? You care about the mission and you connect to the programs, the leadership, the communication of the church proactively, mm-hmm. like own it, yeah, claim it, name it and claim it, sister. <laughs> can I can I can I shout somebody out? No. Um, she's been on a podcast before. Jane Camerzelt is she's one of these gals that just is unstoppable yeah. and love her to death. But one of the things that impressed me so much about Jane was that she made it her mission to ask every single one of the staff members out to dinner and yeah. have them over and host them. I remember dinner. that meal. Yeah, and the, she provided uh, it's a funny story, but she provided childcare for our three kids. So that we could come over and the the person there would play with our kids there at the house, just above and beyond. And I think sometimes, um, this isn't a plug for everyone to invite me over for dinner. Although, you know. I can plug it for Chris. I like Red Robin. He would. (laughs) (laughs) But sometimes, maybe you can share on this a little bit. Sometimes you just realize like you can't see everybody on a Sunday morning, even under your best efforts, you know? So if you want to be known, you're right. You have to connect. You have to go out of your way and make a little bit of effort because we can only know a a measure of people. Right. Yeah. And I think there is, you know, we have, Brett says that he wants to be the smallest big church in town or whatever, or the biggest, (laughs) whatever it is. But we, I mean, we do get substantial numbers Mm -hmm. in this building and more than what our whole staff can really know personally. Right. But um, I do think you could, uh, everyone could at least be one step away from the staff. Like if it's a small group leader, a ministry leader that, you know, really closely, mm-hmm. but, but I do feel like we still are small enough where 
as a pastoral team, we could know you. Yeah. If you tried. Yeah. Um, and if everyone tried, maybe we would hit our limits, but I don't know. I think we could do it. Yeah. I could do it. Yep. That's one reason I wanted the directory. It's because mm-hmm. uh, help us stay connected. So anyways, you care, you connect, and then the third one is commit. So like, can you do this for the long haul and not just be a flash in the pan? Yeah. I've had, um, it's almost like the parable of the soil. Soils where someone like sprouts up really quick. Like, oh, wow. We just found our new like super volunteer mm-hmm. and they go for like a month and then suddenly I don't see them at church anymore. They don't ever respond to my text. I'm like, where are you? And then I'll see him like, yeah, everything's great. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I thought you were what? dead. <laughs> Did I do something? And um, no, no. It's like, okay, well, you seemed like you cared. And now you don't. I don't know. No. I mean, I'm not. It doesn't matter. But I guess it might. But um, the point is. Like this isn't a hypothetical yeah, anymore. Yeah, the point is. Like, <laughs> not to name names, Chris. Yeah. Um, I'll return your calls, I promise. But yeah, can you can you stay c- keep your skin in the game? And, you know, there's going to be people in ministry that might offend you. There's going to be conflict you need to resolve, communication skills you need to employ. It's going to be weeks where you don't want to show up, where the ministry that was once exciting is now not. Um, and, you know, especially for some, it's like some of our youth leaders, if they're showing up week after week for these high, middle schools, middle schoolers and high schoolers for two, three, four years, building that trust. I mean, that, that skin in the game can go a long way. Oh yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I just reflecting on, you know, as I'm working with the, um, you know, Ukrainian migrant migrants were like, oh, man, who do we, who do we call to help do this? And I'm like, all the names that pop in my head are the same heavy hitters. Yeah. And, you know, Rich Carroll just started this one-on-one mentoring class and I was like picking people like who would be good, like one-on-one mentor that could get trained. And I walked by the, by the room on Sunday, like everyone in that room is already in two or three other ministry connections. And so that's the why I thought of them, mm-hmm. but at the same time, how much can they really do? Right. Um, and so if you're listening to this, um, maybe ask yourself, like, where are you on, <laughs> like, how connected do you feel to this church's mission and not, not out of guilt, but just, do you really buy into it? Mm-hmm. And if you did, how can you connect proactively and how could you carry on that connection um, for years and be someone that, you know, when you or I, Chris think, man, I really need a key volunteer for this ministry operation. Like, yeah, I'm going to call Denise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there are people like that that you just think these guys are, they show up all the time and they're reliable. Okay. Care. Yeah. Connect. Consistent. Commit. Dang it. Commit. Okay. Close enough. <laughs> Close enough. I do want to say one more thing, though. I'll probably think of more, but one of the dangers of having a larger paid staff, which depending on how you think of our staff, like church size, we might not actually be that large of a staff considering how many people we have, Mm -hmm. but we still are like a fairly large staff relative to the average, just kind of small church in town. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so when you keep hiring professionals to do it, it's easy to create a culture where the church body believes that the way the church does something is the professionals do it. And so right. it's capital C is like, uh, is the church doing this, which they mean is a pastor or yeah. is a program doing it? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas you could say, well, the church is me <laughs> is us. So if the church is doing something, that means any of us are doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, sometimes pastors can shoot ourselves in the foot by being too professional and mm-hmm. too good at it. <laughs> and then everyone, it creates a culture of like, well, it just gets done. I don't know where the communion stuff comes from. It just appears. Yeah. Well, Haley buys it, but there's a <laughs> lot of churches that don't have a paid person to buy there. it. Yeah. There's some volunteer has to buy it and suddenly there needs to be ownership. And that is something that I did see with the 
Emerald Bible Fellowship culture when we merged um, or joined together is that there's a lot of people that aren't paid that had skin in the game mm-hmm. that really cared about ministries um, that we've really come to love. And oftentimes those are the people that asked us the hardest questions as leaders coming in because we're yeah. coming into their domain. Right. Um, which I would rather have that than complacency. But totally. I'd rather have some sparks fly, but get somewhere. Um, and yeah, so uh, I don't even know where I was going with that. Yeah, to to not think that in order for the church to do something, it has to be a program or professional. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the church is you, is us. Yeah, super easy to do. There you go. So Care, easy. connect, commit. I love and it. And you can be... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the golden go volunteer. To <laughs> yeah, you can go to heaven. These three easy steps, four pages. And it's all subjective and it's up to my discretion. Yeah. <laughs> well, Gerald, this is uh, always an encouraging conversation and a, hopefully a challenging conversation. You know, anytime we talk about what it means to be the body of Christ, everyone should be listening. Yeah. Every person, including paid staff, because on our end of the spectrum, it can be really easy to professionalize it and to view it as a job and not right. as a part of our identity. So I think everyone should be listening, should be asking themselves these questions. Do you care? Are you connected? And are you committed mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to the body of Christ? So thank you for coming on. Yeah. I appreciate it. And hopefully it'll be uh, less than six months before <laughs> we get you again. <laughs> I need some key volunteers to manage some of the stuff. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> if anyone wants this to is- help, let me know. And then I can do more podcasts. Yeah. All right. Well, listener, hopefully you're encouraged and challenged. Drill, thank you so much. Yep. And we will get you guys on the next one. Bye. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week. So please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples.